You are listening to the sermons of the late Pastor Frank Hampton Jr., who pastored the Church of God in Jackson, Michigan from 1963 to 2018. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Hampton or the Church of God, please visit our website at www.churchofgodjackson.com. Again, that's www.churchofgodjackson.com. We hope you enjoy the message. God bless. If I walk where, walk where God leads me, I know I'll always, always, you know I'll cherish, cherish this old race, and I'll run it, run it with haste, and by that grace, I know I'll make it home someday. I thank God for his remnant tonight. Despite everything that happened, when Jesus comes, somebody is going to be standing. Someone's crown are going to be glistening. You hear me? As I said, we might suspect anything, but dear one, don't be discouraged tonight. Don't sit back in your little room somewhere and say the church of God is going down. It can't go down no more than God can go down. You hear what I'm saying? Now, I was, uh, of course, it's a, it's a great concern to me. And this morning, I guess sometime way before the day, I, was, I sat uh, late thinking. I said, Lord, uh, doing the course of the world all that we have ever had was one apostasy after another I don't care what God had done for people he killed out everybody and raised up a brand new nation and look another apostasy I said now it's too much somebody ought to be the holy thing as I've been you've heard me say I scarcely get in the pulpit unless I'm relating some instance and I've seen people of every stature make all kind of declaration, preach all kind of gospel and do everything else. I was thinking of the one even who helped us to get established in this present truth. All the Curtis Pierce and all got back to the movement, back to this, back in everything else. Talking, if I'm the only one left, they back in the process and everything else. You can play the devil lightly if you want to. You can, make, you can make great big statements and frighten them off if you please. But then when we're going to have to have something in our soul... And not only that, but it has to be cultivated. You're going to have to get an experience beyond circumstances. What do I often tell you? You don't know what you're coming to before you die. You don't know how sick you're going to get. You don't know how poor you're going to get. You don't know how your family situation might change. You don't know what you're going to be thrust into. And the lack of understanding this is overthrowing a lot of people. Some people think if I get saved and get me a saved husband and wife, what can happen? Well, several things. One thing, one can backslide. Or both of them if you're uncareful. That, that, that's a couple of things that can happen. Brother, I think, in fact, you have not seen the depth of Satan yet. I read of, you know what, in fact, get this tonight. Because evidently, I haven't got it over to most of you yet. How many, how often must I repeat it for you to get it? 
Everybody wants a closer walk with God. Everybody at some times or another, if you have any salvation, you strikes out for that. And almost in every case, you end up the same way. Why? What, what is the situation? I give you to know, dear one, the enemy's lines get tighter the closer you get to God. And there are only a few people he can't affect. Okay, look. Uh, the greatest holiness preachers against the day, uh, since the days of the apostles, John Wesley. The man preaching God and prayed and waited, got 37 years old and married. And what the devil do? He couldn't do anything else. They stoned him and everything else. That didn't stop him. The devil got in this carnal wife and she left him to bring a reproach on the call. But the man had something in his soul and that couldn't stop him. D.S. Warner came out with this truth, power in his life and everything else. What happened? When the God began to bless his co-worker backslid and brought a reproach on the call. Run off with a woman. Then his wife left him and started writing against him, trying to tear the work down. But this is a tremendous thing, I'm telling you. When you really get what God can move in your life, when you get unusual power, look for the devil to do anything. I tell you all that. I keep warning you that. Now, if you want to just sit back and, and go and take it easy, you may well do that because otherwise you, if, if there is a blessing, but there's a danger. You run into spirits. It seems that your mind is cracking. The devil uh, raised up people against you that you uh, never dreamed would happen. Everything imaginable happens. Now, if I can't get you to, to expect it, so that no need of running and pining away when you get to make a move for God. And brother, what's happening to me? What's going on? Look like I'm things are going around my head. Well, dear one, I'm going to tell you something. If you really break through and get back in the back room, things will go around more than your head. But that's why you, that's why you need the boldness. If you don't, but if you've got a spirit of unbelief, when I tell you anything, you don't believe it. And you figure in a moment of ecstasy, I can run through truth and jump on the wall. But it's more than that involved. And so this morning, I said, I said, Lord, I've got to get a satisfactory answer to this question. I've got to know what has happened as every movement that I can read of. I read of the old Methodist years ago. Brother, when they had that meeting, they were shouting and going for it just like you're doing tonight. Praising God, living strict. Their dress was right. No hair, women didn't have cut no hair. They didn't adorn themselves with jewelry. They stay before God every day in service. Old Methodist. But go, but go to Methodist church now. They're dead as a doornail. If you say amen, everybody look around. Come on! Read about John Wesley though. And, but it seemed that if they would read that, that would, that would stir them. But it doesn't. It doesn't bother them one bit. Nazarenes years ago. Same thing. Power of God. All the holiness group had power with God. You didn't see women wearing no pantsuits. You didn't hear no foolish talk. They were before God praying hours in the morning, brother. People on the altar for hours trying to break through, trying to get sanctified. Amen. Why? So much conviction. But now it's a mere formality. A mere form. But I said, Lord, now how is it 
that the devil can drag the whole group down. Look like somebody ought to, ought, to, ought to emerge victorious. I said, now, but not only that, but even in the Bible itself, all of the churches of Asia, I'm going to get the Bible. I said, I'm going to search this thing out. We're we going to search this thing out. I said, listen, I said, there's something here that people misses. And it's got to be exposed. What is it that took all those churches down in the Revelation? One after another. I said, we're going we to we search this thing out, brother. The devil got to be exposed so those that want to make it can make it. Now, but that not, I'm not going to make it regardless. We have to start at the Ephesus Church then. All right. Let's, let's start at the Ephesus Church. We, we, we might just get a few lines of it, but we'll start there. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. And they want, I'm going to tell you, if you want to know the answer, God will give it to you. If he knows that you'll do the right thing with it when you get it. Who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Now, many people uh, do not accept these seven churches as seven church ages. But it has to be. Why? Because Christ was not just walking among those seven churches in Asia Minor and no others. He was walking among his church down through the ages. All right? And the golden candlesticks. The church of God in general will be a light until Jesus comes again. All right? I know that works. Listen now. And thy labors and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Praise our God. You know the one? Let me say this to you. Many of you are missing the boat and this is where you're missing it. And I, you see, when I say you're missing it, if I make a positive statement, then you're missing it in most instances. And this is where. You see, they want prayer and Bible reading with most people. It's not doing what it's designed to do. See, they want, if you pray right, it changes you. See, it's not just satisfying some little legal desire so I can say I had my devotion. See, but when you pray right, it changes you. Yes, it does too. It changes your whole disposition. Yes, it does too. When you pray, now when you say words, it might have little or no effect. See, people hollering, going, get up the same old attitude, never change from glory to glory, never does anything to them, especially. When you read the word of God and read it right, God speaks to you. Now see, that, that's why I disparage a lot of this time God said this to me. You know why I know he didn't? Because God first speaks to you through the word. If God's not speaking to you through the word, he's not speaking to you at all. Now he's not going to go beyond the word and speak out of the sky and you're not, and you won't hear him through the word. You're not up to the word of God and God's going to speak to you. Yes, I'll, I'll say he didn't say it. I'll say God didn't tell you that. Why? Because he's speaking to you through the word and you're not getting that. He tell you how your attitude ought to be. He tell you how your speech ought to be. He's going to be slow to speak. Listen here. He's speaking to you. If you can't hear that, don't tell me nothing that he said. 
leg. He said, be tenderhearted, forgiving one another. If you can't hear that, he ain't said nothing else. Long suffering. Amen. He said, be temperate in all things. If you're not hearing that, he's not going to tell you anything else. Come on, come on. God first speak through the word, and that's your whole purpose for your devotion. It's for God to speak to you. Not just to say, I read the Bible. Not just to keep the Bible up before you. And let me show you this. When God speaks to you, it changes you. You gonna stay with the Bible all day long, jump up and get mad, holler and fuss all day long. Don't tell me nothing about it. Throw your Bible away. Throw your Bible away. When you read the Word of God, when you get through with the dear one, you ought to be different every time. It ought to do something to your patience when you read about patience. You ought to get on you. Sometimes you ought to fold your Bible up and get on your knees right in the midst of your Bible reading. Yes, you will too. When God is talking to you, you sometimes you have to fold your Bible up and get out and pray about what you already read and get up and finish reading later. So wait a minute, Lord. I can't be like this no more. I can't be like this. You spoke to me, praise God. I can't be like this no more. Six, seven, and get the Bible for whole hours at a time. Read, 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 and maintain the same old disposition. Same old stingy spirit. Same old quick. Uh, spirit, quick temper. Amen. God is speaking to you through the word of God and when God speaks to you and you receive it, it changes you. That's what we were preaching about Sunday. From glory to glory. It's better to read two verses and take it as from God and let it do what God intended to do in you to serve and read our four or five chapters. And just reading for the sake of it. There's no way in the world you can do much reading and praying as some of you do and be the way you are if you do it right. I know that. See, that's, that, that's why I can act with authority many times. When I, when I don't give no credence to what you say. And I'll stop you too. I'll tear right into it because I know, I know. I know when you're passing by the word of God, God ain't going to say nothing to you. And God didn't say it. Yes, God did. I say he didn't say it. And don't try to put that on the same thing. God didn't say it. God ain't going to do all that speaking, praise our God, and, and, and the primary thing that he's telling you, you're overlooking that. He's not going beyond the word of God and tell you something otherwise. When you're not accepting what he says primarily in the word of God. That's why I mean, when I'm not looking for too many voices, I'm, I'm saying in the word of God. If I get up to this, I'm satisfied, praise our God. <laughs> you the most voice I hear from somewhere else. Amen. All right. I know that works. And thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. Thou hast tried them which say the apostles, and are not, and have found them liars, and has borne, and has patience. My God, what virtues! And for my name's sake, has labored, and has not faded. You didn't give up, praise our God, you just did it to the end. You worked for my name, you did it in Jesus' name. And you kept on doing it. And you wouldn't give up. You wouldn't stop. You just kept doing it. Lord have mercy. Nevertheless. I have somewhat against thee. Because thou had left thy first love. Now I know. Now don't, we, we preach this often and talk about it and all that kind of thing. But listen. Praise our God. One lack can pull you down eternally.
Do you realize that? Let me show you something. People always say you can't live perfect. You can't live holy. You can't live right. Well, if you don't, you're not going to heaven. Irrespective to your doctrine, what you think, if you don't live holy, if you don't live a life free from sin, you're not going to heaven. Because there won't be no sin in heaven. And you've got to get rid of it down here. If God rejected these people for lack, he'll reject me for lack. And I'm not going to let the devil put a spirit of unbelief on me, making me think I can get to heaven any cheaper than that. You hear what I'm saying? Now, well, Brother Hampton, why is it that people slipped off into apostasy and can't recognize this? You have got to be diligent enough to sense your lack. Will you pray for me, sir? I'm going to show you something. See, these people were doing so many outstanding things, they could not sense what they were lacking. That can happen to us as a congregation. We have in service uh, uh, four, five, or six times a week. You pay tithe. You give special offerings. You help the poor. You pray for the sick around the clock. But you can overlook your lack and go into apostasy. You can overlook a lack and go into apostasy, working your fingers to the bones. If you notice, he said he mentioned labor here two or three times, means that they were a working church. But they couldn't sense where their lack was. And then what I'm afraid many people can't. Many people just run roughshod over the lack in their life. That's why I keep telling people, God is not going to overlook anything. You can say God is merciful. You can say what you want to say. God's not overlooking a thing. And that's why you can't go to heaven in a church that's not able to keep you awake. Why? You won't be able to see your lack. They're going to preach you some little essay. You can't go to heaven. You've got to be where your lack is exposed to you. If you've got a lack, you've got to be made to see it. If you don't see it, you die and be lost. It's difficult enough to see it when it's being exposed every day. You've got to search beyond what you hear here many times to really actually see it. You've got to go beyond the sermons and the exhortations and everything else to see where you really are in many instances. All right? When you fail to sense it, it's detrimental. Now, The thing that took these people down was that they left their first love. Now you listen to me. God said, I can tolerate anything, but I cannot tolerate a lack of love. You understand? Like a wife might say, I can put up with poverty if you don't have nothing to feed me, if you don't have no job, but I just can't tolerate you not giving me your affection. Because you can do that. All right. There was an intimacy that had been lost. There was a relationship, an initial relationship that this church had had with God but they didn't have that they had everything but that 
They had not changed anything but that. And that could not be seen externally. That's why it's so subtle and so deceptive. Why? They couldn't see that. Now, if they had started wearing their dresses up to their thighs, they could have seen that. If they had gone and put their earbuds back on, they could have seen that. But what they left, what they lost, they couldn't see. What they lost was not uh, a superficial thing. That's why so many people backslide and go into apostasy right in our seats. Why? Because this thing that's mentioned here, you cannot behold with your natural eyes. I cannot put my hands to Brother Cain. You, 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 you left that love. Brother Cain, why show it to me? I can't. You have to be able to see your spirit. You will have to be able to determine your relationship with God. That's what has happened to congregations all over. The relationship, the intimacy they once had with God, they don't have it anymore. Anything goes now. Let me show you this, dear one. You get this in your head tonight. Let me show you something. You get this. Now, God is God. God can set in the standard he wants to set and it'll be right. God can demand whatever he wants to and it be right. See, the only reason why anything is wrong is because God said it was wrong. You understand? If God had said stealing was right, stealing would have been right. But he said it's wrong. And that's why it's wrong. So let me show you something. See, see the only thing that matters, dear one, is your desire to please God. You understand what I'm saying now? God knows how far you're willing to go to please him. That's why I say he does not forget your labor of reward. Let me show you something. Dear one, you might not think so. You can let the devil tell you what you want to tell you. But those of you who are sacrificing, those of you who are giving up things that you might not be certain even is wrong, just in your attempt to please God, don't you know God is well pleased with that? Don't you know your reward is going to be overwhelming for that? You're doing it just because you love God, not because you have to. Not because the preacher is holding an axe over your head. Not because we are saying we'll excommunicate you if you don't do it. You are doing it because you love God and you don't want to risk offending God. Lord have mercy. Those little intimate things that we don't even know about. Things that never would be exposed to the congregation. But you do it anyway or you refrain from doing it. Why? Because you don't want to be an offense. You love him too much. Let me show you something. Dear one, you can find a couple who is truly in love. And shortly after they're married, maybe he come in one day and the wife is sitting over there just a little cool. He knows that she's a little on you. Honey, what's the matter? Did I do something? Honey, did I say something wrong, darling? Did I, what, did I do something? Did I say something you didn't like? What am I? Did I come in a little late? What happened, honey? I mean, to tag him up. My wife is a little, is a little cool today. And she's always coming through arms. But there's a warmth that warmth is out there. What did I do? But after a while, you can, you, she can go and hide in the closet. He don't care. What? He left that first love. That, 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 he left that first love. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Get the analogy. Get the analogy. Same thing when a person gets truly saved. And they, one day they come to service and don't quite be, Lord, what happened? I gave you my joy. My tears, Lord, I mean, that. I usually just feel you when I pray and when I read the word. I don't, Lord, what happened, Lord? Did I backslide? Did I say something wrong? 
Did I do wrong, Lord? What? You love him so much. That relationship, something happened to it, it's been taunted. And I ain't gonna satisfy myself until I find out what it is. Why? You love him so. When you come in, you don't feel that warmth meeting anymore. You don't feel the sunshine of his smile like you used to. But I tell you what, you can learn to live without it. You can learn to pray, pray that our God know how to maybe stop and cry for 15 minutes like you used to. You can learn to go on without making love to the Lord. How many times many of you get out and oh, you need to pray, you have to stop and pray, Lord, I love you, Lord, I praise you. You have to break up your prayer almost. And some of you don't remember the last time you did it. You could hardly pray for crying. I mean, the thanksgiving was overwhelming your very soul. You just love him so much. Glorified him so much. Couldn't nobody get you to do anything that you had any doubts about. Don't care what they did. Don't care how much they persuaded you. You love him. But when your love began to wax cold, anything, come through it in the door. Here it is. That's what God couldn't tolerate. He said, now, I can tolerate your ignorance. I can tolerate some other things. But I cannot tolerate a lack of love. Why? Because that means you have a divided affection. That means that you're loving something else too. See, you, something else has stolen your affection for me. Now, I'm going to tell you. you better. If you can't sense it tonight, you're in trouble. If you have a lack of love for God tonight and you can't sense it, they will, that's why I tell you all, I'd, I'd be walking the service many times. You know what I'm doing? I'm going all the way back from 1950 when I got saved. I'm backtracking. And I'm seeing if there's a different, if, do I get a different thrill from the song than I used to? I'm thinking about it. I'm seeing now, am I less enthusiastic about the services than I was way back in 1950, 51, 52, 3? I'm checking it out. I want to know if I, if that warmth, do I love the saints of God like I used to? Do I love being in that presence? I want to know it. I want to see it. I want to give a true assessment. See if there has been any deterioration whatsoever in my love, my relationship, and my devotion to God. I remember like when I used to be in service, they wanted all them guys in there, we still have all my skunks and foxes and all know what all else out there trying to find a place to pray. We go way down under the hill, you find all kind of wild animals, coyotes and all that kind of stuff out there. We'd be about there on a little hill trying to find a place to pray where we get by ourselves and got cursing and gambling and everything else and we, we still out the battery trying to find somewhere where we wouldn't be disturbed to pray. And just go out there and pour out our heart before God. I want to see if I lost that. I want to see if I that eager right now to get in the presence of God. I want to know. I want to know if I know if I love him well enough to, uh, uh, to, 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 to go through difficulties. To find a place where I can be along with him. Do I, do, do I enjoy that relationship that much to put myself to that kind of effort? I want to know. I want to know. This is what has happened here. That intimacy. See, they want, see, let me show you this. When you lose that intimate relationship with your wife, it doesn't take that much for somebody else to break in. Well, I'm telling you. It doesn't take that much for somebody else to break right in. Why? You don't have nothing to save God anymore. There's nothing there that, that, that you relishes anymore. There's nothing to remind you of that relationship anymore. This is a tremendous thing. 
May God help us tonight. And God said, I cannot tolerate that. Now, you, you, you would wonder, if you would read this, why is it that God would make such a drastic, uh, uh, would, he, would he commute such a drastic sentence for that in view of all of the things that they were doing? Now, in my estimation, the average church would be shouting happy if they had all these qualities. Brother, we would even take an inventory tonight and found all these things present this, we'd probably run out a little bit. But this church was rejected with these qualities. Now, show you something here. You see, dear one, let me, let, let, let me tell you this. This is the way it came to me today. There's a flame that God lights in your soul. You often, they many times relate it to when somebody loves your flame, call me your flame, you know. But a flame burning. God lights a flame in your soul. You get, let, me, let me show you something. Let me show you something here. Let me show you something. And if you don't nurture it, if you don't care for it properly, it'll go out on you. If I ever feel that flame burning low in my soul, I'm disturbed. When I become nonchalant to any degree about the things of God. See, it bothers me. You know what bothers me? When I hear people always dragging on standards, whenever we take a stand, they always got something negative to say about it. That bothers me. That, that, I don't know anything that cuts into me more. Anything you take a stand on, they, they always got to have something negative to say about it. Or if they don't say it, they indicate it some kind of way. That bothers me greatly. I mean, if there's anything that this congregation take a stand, if there's any sacrifice involved, they're always dragging their foot. We've got to be careful that we don't go too far, you know. Always some kind of explanation. Brother, that, that tears me asunder. Now, I'm going to show you something. I want to prove this to you. Over in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, verse 6. Read that for me, someone. Read that real loud and clear. I'm going to show you something. At midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye, out to Go ye out to meet him. Come on. Then all those virgins, all those virgins arose. Trim their, their lamps. Come on. And the foolish said unto their wives, Now listen to this part. Listen to this part, please. The foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil. Give us of your oil. For our lamps are gone out. That flame that the Lord set in my heart is gone out. I'm saved, I'm clean, I've not smoked, I've not drank, but I let that flame go out my soul. Yes, I keep telling you, praise God, I didn't see that till today. There was a missing link about these virgins until today. That flame went out in their soul. They did when I declare many people let that flame sit them, let that flame go out in their soul. All that they had to do was to just watch it and keep their wicks trimmed. Burn off the charred ends and check their vessels. But brother sat up and went to sleep and looked around and that flame had gone out in their soul. Dear one, let me tell you something tonight. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. 
There's no need of you trying to work for God if that flame ain't going out in your soul. Why? Because there's nothing to really enthuse you. There is nothing, no warmth to impart to the people. Now we might have to tighten up on that. When we recognize the flame going out in your soul, you might be clean as a pen, but you don't have nothing to offer. Now, that's one thing God didn't tolerate. These virgins were locked out for eternity. Clean women. Clean people. Clean. But that flame had gone out in their soul. That warm relationship, Lord help me, that warm relationship that they had with God. That warmth that they had. You know how that warmth you always, when, when you are courting and you just got to see one another every day and talk after you go home two more hours and all that kind of, that warmth. That warmth they want to keep you in contact one with the other. And pretty soon it just mushrooms up into marriage. Well, that's a, that same kind of warmth when God saved you. That warmth, you always want to be with Him. And you get through praying, you get in the bed and just pray on the sleep. Why? You don't want to stop that communication. Come on! This is a tremendous thing, but I'm telling you, you just sit up and look like that something just going through your soul when you left up praying. Something just going through dinner. Just, just something that's, that's akin to heaven itself. Amen! But you fool around and lose that warmth. It's just like I'm saying, it's a warmth. It's a flame. This was the Ephesus church. Lord, they lost that flame, brother. And the virgin did the same. They lost that flame. This our lives are going out. I'm still clean. I didn't, I didn't have another man. I didn't take nobody's wife. Amen. I didn't steal nothing. But I let that flame go out. Do whatever you will in the church. Labor all you want to. Work all you want to. Work your finger to the bone. Give all you possess. Help the poor. Minister to the sick. Do what you will. But if that flame goes out, I, God will have to reject you. Why? Because it's just empty labor. It's just a lot of formal rubbish. If, that, if it's not done with the right inspiration. I keep telling you that. It's just doing something. You got many organizations doing things. They got all kind of benevolent organizations. Taking the money and pots and giving cans and things. And they ain't got a sign of life to them. Amen. What makes the difference? There is the right thing is not perpetuating it. Do what I want to get before God. Lord, help me, please. Don't let that flame guard my soul. Don't let me do things out of just a mere formality. I can holler and squall until my throat get dry and my boy get hoarse. And yet, there's no warmth there. There's no genuine uh, reciprocity. We're uh, going back and forth. According to the word of God, just before the coming of Jesus Christ, this would be the condition of the church in general. They're going to be asleep, and half of them are going to set up and let their flame go out. They're going to still be clean. I mean some good people. I'm not talking about no, 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 no scabs now. That's the threat we all are facing here tonight. Now I'm telling you, the one, that intimacy... I get alarmed sometimes. Sometimes I, 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 I pray and I find myself just being formal. I find myself not feeling nothing. Almost a purposeless prayer. And then I got to start fighting. 
Then I got to get my perspective clear. And they know just about when they're finished and all that kind of thing. And never strike up any intimacy whatsoever. They just do not pray for the benefit that is being wrought through it. And after you do that a while, you will become accustomed to it. And then you just begin to take it for granted. You begin to take it for granted. You begin to take God for granted. And then your God understands at first every little thing. At first every little bitty, little bitty thing. But after a while God understands. He's God. He knows. He knows why. So concerned that many times we have to come to you, honey. You don't, that's not necessary. You don't have to do. You don't have to do all that. That's all right. You don't have to. But after a while, you just begin to take it for granted. Well, Lord, know I'm in a hurry this morning. He knew I have an appointment. He knew I, I stayed up too late last night, so I missed my devotion this morning. But I catch it this evening. It doesn't matter anymore. Maybe you take that coffee breaks and go in the bathroom and before God. Yes, they were too, brother. Instead of getting donuts and milk and stuff, they get up, they go before God on their coffee breaks and get go somewhere and lock up in a bathroom stall. Amen. Lock up in a bathroom stall and and, and get make love with God. And come out of there and wipe their eyes out to keep them looking red looking and wet looking so the blood bitch won't sit. Come on. May God have mercy. May God have mercy. May we examine the thing. Don't, don't, don't mistake this. This is what did it. This is what did it. They let that flame go out. They were still doing everything they'd always done, but they let that flame go out. It was done with a different motive. Something else had displaced the love and replaced the love of God. Replaced it. Doing the same thing. You know, I've often wondered, I said, the Lord, all these people, all these churches around here, hypocrites and doing everything, smoking and drinking and doing what they're big enough to do. Why don't they just, why don't they just stay at home? Why don't they go to church at all? Well, there's something therapeutic about going to church. You know, that's therapy. You know, something that makes you feel nice just going to church, you know, without a speck of salvation. And that's what many people are doing. I said, everybody going to church, you got millions of people in church. And if they ever had any love of God, they lost it so long they don't remember when. I often tell you, and I can't overemphasize it, if they want, if your motive is not absolutely love, and I'm not talking about just talking about everybody talking about I love the Lord. If you are here, everybody on the radio, you know, giving testimonies and doing everything they're big enough to do, talking about I love the Lord. The Bible says, if you love him, you keep his commandments. And there's no other way, there's no other way to indicate it. If you love him, you're giving the added extras. Yes, you will too, son. You're giving the benefit of the doubt when you love him. You won't always be one. What about this preacher? Is that all right? You give God the benefit of the doubt. You won't have so many questions. If you doubt it, you won't do it. This is a tremendous thing. And they want not only this. Love is an emotion. You can say you can say what you want to say. You can say emotionally. You say what you want to say. Love is an is an emotion. Love make you feel a certain way. Don't tell me about the praise of God. Cry, cry emotionally. Cry what you want to cry. Love makes you feel a certain way. Yes, it does too. You feel a certain way. 
That was it for the Ephesus church. Other, others went down for other reasons. But that's what happened to the Ephesus church. Do you want to you know, I was just thinking years ago when church time come out, I mean, I might not have had any customers in the barbershop all day long, but when church time come, brother, and customers start coming, I had to lock the door. I'm sorry, I had to catch you later. I'm sorry, I got to go now. I got to go to church now. I can even in service. See, I want to re- reflect back on things so I can compare it with now. I remember when they used to uh, be, be in uh, service and they used to have a big inspection that day and I could just make money and just cram it all my pockets full of money. But you know what? The fellas all over that base would come far and near to get just be all lined up to get haircuts. But brother, they knew my church schedule just as well as I did. And sometimes they might forget. They come, hey, is, is that not your church night? They knew it was a church night, they can get, forget it. Now sometimes they might hang around until I come back, they'd be still there for three or four or five hours, maybe hang around, but they got to wait. Why I want to be in the presence of God. Could nothing, no amount of money, budget in my pockets, or nothing else could satisfy me one time to be before God. Nothing else. Some people glad to see a little snow. Well, I guess we get the off night tonight. Anything else? Oh, I got a man supposed to be bringing me a pack tonight. I can't see y'all tonight. Anything, just anything, just any little reason. I'm expecting to come. I got to stay home, clean up my house tonight. Anything, just anything. Why? That love is gone. That intimacy is gone. That thrill of being before God is gone. Well, the Lord didn't just expose that need and leave him out there. He said, you can get it back. Repent and do your first work. Or else! Thank God else. Repent and do your first work or else. Get back like you were or else. You want I can remember, I remember years ago. Uh, all the people used to call it who those who call themselves sanctified and all that kind of thing they want. I mean their lives so clean, so clean. They've left it. They want if you're unkeful, you better look and we don't and quit harping on what you're doing and all the strict standards and all that you're praying, all this and whatnot, and check and, and check and see, see about that love. See if that flame is still burning. Now I'm gonna tell you. Compare yourself with this church. And see if you have all those good qualities. And they were rejected of God. Check it out. Patience. Didn't faint. Many times you get faint hearted. But they didn't. They wouldn't give up. They fought it on out. Tried them who said they were apostles and wouldn't found them liars. Wouldn't let the wrong person preach in their pulpit. Held all those good standards. But they did not have that flame burning in their soul. They won't let me show you something. Don't, be, don't let this be your plight. Those people, were, even after God exposed their situation, they were too stubborn. They wouldn't even look and live. God said, now here's your situation. So I'm not going to just criticize you. I'm not going to expose your situation and leave you like that. Now, you can get it straight. You can repent, get it like you had this first, renew your covenant, renew that love. I told you they won. We can we can try to go on our little goody goody record and go to hell if you want to. And God's want you to pray all through the night, you all your morning, day and night. Two, you might any time two or three or four o'clock. Just pray. I mean, before God, pouring out your heart before God in a real way. 
You think they get a little goody-goody record to take you in the one, but I'm telling you, I'm trying to warn you tonight with all that possessed. I'm, this thing bothers me this morning. I said, Lord, I, we got to find a reason for all this foolishness. Where the devil slips in on people and, and just takes just takes them. Years ago when we were young, you somebody, somebody took your boyfriend. I mean, the devil take your, take, take your friend away from, will steal you away from God if you ain't careful. You can get it renewed tonight. Shall we stand? Get it renewed tonight. You, you Nobody know better than you do. If you, if you take time to sense it. May God have mercy. This is a tremendous thing. May God help us. See, I can, I can forget. I, I can forget in two weeks. Forget, forget how I used to be. Lord have mercy. We, this is no time to try to be impressive, dear one. We're trying to make heaven. We missed heaven. We missed everything. I'm trying to prove no point to nobody. Praise our God. We want to make heaven. Amen. Does it matter as much as it used to? Does it make a difference? Lord have mercy. I've heard people say, I used to, I can remember when I used to be, I didn't want to step on an ant. Meaning that their conscience was so tender. They were so concerned about pleasing God. But they tell about how I used to be. They one. Let's get that flame reignited. Let's relight these lamps to the glory of God. See, they want let me show you something. See, when you serve God with the right motive, God responds to you. You follow me? See, you get a response from God. I'm going to show you this is a tremendous thing. So you, you, you better get this thing try to get the key here tonight. See, God will respond to you. It won't be no one-sided thing. You're trying to make love to God and God distant from you. But God will respond. And that's a tremendous thing when God responds. You ever seen a one you ever seen a one-sided affair? When one person doing making all of the advances? One person saying all the sweet words, another person just looking off. But the one when God responds to you, that's a tremendous relationship. That's a tremendous affair. When God responds to Praise our God forever. Do you want to think about your, the youth of your experience? Think about it. Think about the youth of your experience. The, the Bible says, uh, told Israel, remember uh, the love of your youth. In other words, when you were young. Remember the relationship we had when you were young. Remember it. Trying to remind them of how far they'd gone away. They will let God know, Lord, we're going to renew our covenant. We're going to renew this thing tonight, Lord. Let's make up tonight, Lord. Let's make up tonight. Let's make up tonight. My God, help us. Well, now that might be some of you who got to go and travel a long distance. Then we're going to let you go. But there are those who got to renew some covenant, renew some things tonight. And we're going to go over this thing with a fine-tooth comb because I don't want to let Jesus come. And then and, and, and my flame is out. Okay, whatever else I'm doing, that don't make no difference. So, well, you know your situation. If you're satisfied that it's burning clear, then we're not going to... Press you. We're not